Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Be Meaner Than It podcast about the Forgotten Ruin book. We're doing we're going through book one right now. Forgotten Ruin was written by Nick Cole and Jason Ansbach. Uh, As usual, me and Jake on the other side there. We love this book. Today we are on episode five, but we're actually on chapter seven. Chapter seven. That's what we're doing. Okay. the chapter's great. It talks about we're going to get into post-wizard decapitation. Remember, um, Thor completely went uh, berserk on, oh, which is a barbarian thing to do, by the way, um, on this wizard and de- decapitated him, which is just the coolest thing that Thor could do. Thor's super cool. Okay, so the chapter opens up. Chapter 7 opens up. I'm going to write that down. Chapter 7. The Reaper team waits in the dark tangles of the opposite bank as Ranger Alamo is hit hard. They hear orcs overrunning their position, Ranger Alamo. The sound of gunfire, mortars, and powerful barracks belonging to the snipers in elevated positions on the opposite bank. It seems like the Rangers are winning, according to the sounds of battle. However, unwitnessed by the silent Reapers waiting in the tangles, were the foot-slogging orcs using their numbers to almost overwhelm the rangers. There were two KIAs after midnight. Three pits were overrun by 0-2. And of course, Captain Knifehand and the QRF violently retook that position. Uh, So this chapter kind of starts off um, sort of at the end. And Talker in his caffeinated, always caffeinated state of storytelling takes us to the end first and then revisits what 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 kind of happens throughout the chapter. So Talker takes us to after post wizard killing mm-hmm. and then when they're crossing the river uh, remembers back to um, all that intel gathering they did uh, on the wizard. Yeah, so they're cruising around the down the river with their poncharafs, mm-hmm. which I would like to see. I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is a poncho raft? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was you, thinking sticks and you, a poncho. And I, never made those in the Rangers, Jake? No, uh, I wasn't in the Rangers. <laughs> oh, Army. How about yeah, the Army? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say as a normal line infantry, we didn't... Um, fight orcs or make poncho rafts but i was thinking how i would do it <laughs> and uh yeah i was just thinking straight up you tie your poncho in the middle you make sure the hood's on top you probably get sticks all around it to give it some buoyancy and you just put your stuff in there and it'll just float down river so this is more of a thing is it is it less a raft and more just a thing you grab onto while you're in the water and just kind of <laughs> swim is that what you picture you know, or i was also I was thinking of it different ways too. I was thinking they could also inflate um, some other ponchos with air and get those, you know, oh, interesting. get the buoyancy with that mm-hmm. and then make the four corners, tie them all off and then put the stuff in the middle. But I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, you went to college and I didn't. So I think you have a better idea. Yeah. But I went to college to draw on a computer. So. <laughs> Did you ever draw poncho rafts? That would be the greatest design. You need to we go need back to, to school and do. You need to teach computer drawing and do that. 
We need what a logo they... for a company. It's all about poncho rafts. Maybe our next uh, podcast little art thing will be a little poncho raft that says be meaner than it. I don't know. Ideas. <laughs> Ideas for the future. Okay, so um, back to you. I digress. Back to the chapter at hand. Um, so Talker remembers back um, to this wizard and he makes, he kind of makes an interesting thought about, he kind of mentions like sorcerer or wizard. I don't really know what's the difference between the two. So I thought that was an interesting question. And I looked in what better area to look than the D&D sort of database. So here's, here's something interesting. Wizards, and this is from the uh, D&D Beyond website, which is actually kind of a great reference for um, Forgotten Ruin. Um, wizards, this is from them, are supreme magic users defined and united as a class by the spells they cast, drawing on the subtle weave of magic that permeates the cosmos. Wizards cast spells of explosive fire, arcing lightning, subtle deception, brute force, mind control, and much more. So it seems like these are guys that dedicated their life to study and to like manipulate little bits of magic that are all around think like the force right yeah sorcerers on the other hand sorcerers carry a magical birthright conferred upon them by an exotic bloodline some otherworldly interesting word influence otherworldly influence or exposure to unknown cosmic forces no one chooses sorcery the power chooses the sorcerer so sorcerers are kind of like, I didn't choose the gangster life. The gangster life chose me type of people. And That's wizards insane. are like, I want to be a gangster and I'm going to be a gangster. I'm, I'm going to pull out the little gang elements as much as I can. Yes. Sorcerer's just chilling there with all his homies like, I didn't pick it. It picked me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. But they have like magic stuff, whatever. So... so is a sorcerer more powerful than a wizard? That's, yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. You could have, I guess you could have like a really immature sorcerer and a really smart wizard or vice versa. I don't know. Hmm. This dude seemed on top of his game though. I don't really know. I don't think there's enough to definitively say if he was a wizard. Kennedy thinks he was a wizard. Um, I don't think there's I'm, enough to say one way or the other. I'm, I'm going to have to argue with Kennedy on this one. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was interesting too, if you if you read back in the previous chapter, he's 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 uh, throwing something at um, third squad's position that interferes with their ability to communicate. And what we kind of learn later on too is the orcs can see infrared. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of wondering maybe this wizard can see the radio waves that they're using and knows how to disrupt them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So. But he, he couldn't do it to all of them. He can only do it to like a concentrated area, which is interesting. Yeah. So maybe it's like little EM grenades or something that just disrupt the, the waves. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. So Talker goes back and says um, he was tasked by the sergeant major to re retrieve intelligence from the wizard. We're just going to call him the wizard. Uh, Talker starts to talk about. Um, the first thing he found was a book and then he goes, Oh, I, it's a spell book. And he feels lame for saying it. Um, 
but he tells himself to embrace the fantasy and how this is kind of a later discussed theme throughout the book. But it, it seems that the Rangers that accept or embrace the fantasy ETF, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that's going to be a thing we say. Uh, they perform better than those who don't. Yeah. But that's my theory. But then when I think about Kurtz, he like never fully embraces the fantasy and like kind of hates the fantasy. Um, no. Maybe he's the exception to the rule. I think he, I don't know. I'd have to do some more research, but I think he's just accepting of it. But his pure hate and anger is a shell, but he knows he has to have this. I don't know. I yeah. think he's accepting it, but he just doesn't want everybody, anybody to know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> they can't know that I'm okay with this. They can't know I believe in dragons. Um, <laughs> also, if you want to step back to the to the book real quick, did you ever see Evil Dead or Army of Darkness? You know, I never saw that, and I always meant to. So the way they explain, there's actually a couple sentences in, in this. Um I'd seen movies, though. Movies like the remake of Evil Dead. There was what I assumed to be a spell book in that movie, The Book of the Damned. And The Book of the yeah. Damned and Evil, Evil Dead was seriously this leathery book that looks like it was made out of skin and it has mm -hmm. this big old mouth on it. And I think at one part it actually comes alive. That's how I pictured the spell book from the, from the wizard. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Because he does say this book was made out of skin, not yeah. like the leather that we're used to 10,000 years ago. It's yeah. actually, it's like definitely out of some other, made out of some other type of skin. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, also get another look at Kennedy and we get an interesting perspective on Kennedy from a uh, talker's point of view. Kennedy, I'm going to summarize it, is everyone's favorite thing to hate um, his opinion and chimes about their predicament are taken with, they just are like disgusted. Like anytime he says something, they're just like, dude, shut up. But he's right. Yep. And hey, get back to your latrine digging, dude. Nobody even like, maybe we did ask you, but we still hate you, you know? And, uh, he's like the fool talker says he's like the fool in the Shakespeare play who was right all along. And the main characters are just doomed. And the fool is, is right. Um, I don't know enough about Shakespeare, I think to, to be able to say like for sure, but I trust talker. He's smarter than me. I think what they were trying to say is Shakespeare wrote about the ruin and <laughs> That's what I got out of that. You know, I I think you're right. I think uh, I think there's some there's some orcs in some Shakespeare, some Shakespeare you know, drafts. There has sure to be. Shakespeare was down to KTF. <laughs> I think he was too. He wrote a lot about death and like yeah. destruction and hopelessness and yeah, he did all that. So yeah. I'm gonna quote Talker right now, um, referencing referencing Kennedy's kind of expertise in this area. Even though it seemed fantastic, it was best to be honest about things before we got ourselves killed by not knowing what we were going up against. Um, and I think that's that's why Thor, maybe he was picked. Maybe maybe it's because he was the lead element of the snipers that they wanted him going. Or maybe it was because he fully embraced what they were going into and was like giddy about learning about the ruin. And it just called to him. 
he loves this. He loves this strange new world he's in. I love how Thor just charges a wizard. You know what I mean? Dude, I know. Like, he's the most. Anybody else is like a wizard. Can't they, like, cast fireballs and control my mind? Thor's like, yeah, what about it? I'm going to kill it. Yeah, I'm just going to go out there with a pistol and my and my hatchet, and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Thor is the coolest dude. Please, please, Cole Spack, don't kill him. Please don't kill him. We love him way too much. They're going to kill him even harder now. So anyway, um, we got a slow transition from Talker still flashing back to the post-wizard battle. Um, so we're, we're getting in the spell book. Um, and I just got to say on a side note here, this was posted about in the Forgotten Ruin, uh, in the Forgotten Ruin group on Facebook. This is, uh, or anyway, it kind of reminds me of it, the Gate series. Um, I've never seen like a whole episode in its entirety, but there's these really cool highlight sort of episodes on youtube and if you look up uh the gate series it's basically like a portal opens up in downtown tokyo uh a like strange fantasy army tries to invade downtown tokyo but the military beats them back and then they go into their what is equivalent to the ruin i think and just start laying hate to this like roman army thing and it's awesome you guys got to check that out. It's, it's if you have like eight minutes, there's a lot of cool battles uh, on there with tanks versus cavalry. It's awesome. You got it. You got to check it out. So anyway, uh, the book, there was uh, it was made out of skin or something. And amidst all this searching, um, I'm sorry, what are you going to say? Nothing. Okay. So amidst all this searching, uh, Private Gomez is with is with um, Talker, uh, gathering intel. Sergeant Thor, the Viking hero, is securing the perimeter with the other Reapers because remember there were those little goblin dudes, and they're still kind of being mindful about this place. They yeah. want to gather intel and get out quick because those dudes with the big old ears definitely heard. Uh, they definitely heard something uh, that was going on. Maybe they don't want to get involved. Maybe they do. I don't know. So uh, now it comes time to manipulate the wizard's body and Private Gomez ass. This is great. Oh, great background, Jake. That's great. Keep that up. Uh, Private Gomez ass, of course. Uh, hey, do you think his body is like booby trapped or something? And uh, <laughs> um, Talker is now apprehensive about about this task and uh he's like kind of apprehensive and is like well sergeant thor cut his head off so like that would that shouldn't be a thing right like they would have detonated or like something private gomez yeah i don't know man takes a couple of steps back <laughs> they're worried about magical ieds yeah and like i laugh about it but the more i think about it i'm like yeah, that, that might actually happen. Yeah, and um, I, I've not heard of that being a thing in D&D, but I wouldn't be surprised if the ruin could conjure that. Um, so then then Talker gets kind of worried, and he says something. So I, I, I love Talker's uh, sarcastic little comments throughout just about every chapter, probably. Yeah, And he talks about, 
hypothetically telling the sergeant major, hey, sorry, sergeant major, I, I couldn't bring back any intel because I was afraid of magical IEDs. You know, you know how it is in all dog. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty legit. <laughs> Could you imagine telling your command sergeant major that? Nah, I was kind of scared, dude, and I didn't, I didn't get it. <laughs> he would have choked me out. <laughs> I would have been dead. <laughs> Not even in smoking. Just straight C-clamp to death. Just you're done. You're done. You're done. Yeah. He's gonna find he, he's gonna stay up late thinking about how he can kill you and you're you're never gonna be found again. No, well, I would have died. He would have killed me on the spot, and then my parents would have got a letter like I died in a training accident. Training act <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> okay. So we're our talkers looking through the uh the wizard still. He like knows that he has to do this, magical IEDs or not. He found he finds, uh, besides the spell book, some sheets of old parchment paper. And one sheet had a well-drawn map of the area. So what I'm kind of thinking off this wizard is maybe he was some sort of like lower command element type. Because th that map, um, it's not referenced again later, but I feel like somebody having a map has to be a little bit higher up in the hierarchy of things. Um, strange symbols that seemed familiar. Um, and then there's a, like a separate little sentence under that that says this, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking we would touch back on the map and maybe we will later, but it seems like that was just a map of like the immediate area of Ranger Alamo and the symbols aren't discussed again. So, so I was thinking the wizard, this may seem weird as a reverse mm -hmm. scout element. Okay. What do, you, so, what do you mean? So you send scouts out to get a side of the enemy get you get their location you could hear what they're talking about and you bring back that intelligence to your larger element so they can plan the attack accordingly right mm -hmm. so this wizard goes out and starts shooting stuff to disrupt communication to mm -hmm. disrupt the intelligence being brought back to the head element yeah so what better way to stop information is send out a reverse scout yeah uh, the reaper teams weird. okay yeah yeah so those, so you think you think the the little goblin dudes they were working for the wizard and trying to recon the forward ranger lines? Yeah, yeah, I think they were just poking at it. Okay, interesting. And I don't think those dudes wanted anything to do with the rangers. No, they were just like I think I still think they saw the rangers and were like, oh, I'm not messing with that. No, and kept and kept moving along because we later find out that they're like almost sort of slave-like, you know, and they don't want to get their heads freaking blown off. No, they'll pretty much give in to whoever's giving them what they want at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we find that out from Java a little bit, huh? So, uh, Talker finds, quote, some disgusting stuff. I have newt, a bat's tail, a jar of smout, a jars of, I'm going to get this right, one of these tries. Jars of, nope, not that time either. Jars of foul-smelling dust. First of all, the first two, um, if you're familiar with D&D, &D, and if you're not, I'm just going to give that info out anyway. Uh, spells that wizards or sorcerers cast, they need material components as well as verbal and somatic. And somatic is like hand movement stuff. So these were, I mean, obviously items to be used in casting different spells. 
um, the jars of dust. I'm not even going to attempt the other way to say it. Um, in D&D, if you add water or wine to, to dust in a like potion bottle, uh, it creates like a potion. Or you could add like holy water to it or like whatever. And it, it'll create some type of concoction. So I think that's what I think that's what those were. Maybe like healing potions or like poison potions or so, something like that. Something like that. Pouches that contain dried brains of small animals, or they were spongy dark mushrooms. Again, material components. Um, he also found a small vial of what seemed like blood. And I know that's a thing because we spent a while in my D&D campaign looking for a vial of blood for our wizard who was like obsessed with casting the super powerful spell. So this dude was uh, kind of battlefield control, but mm. also had the ability to like cast something pretty, pretty catastrophic, I think. Yeah. The good thing the Rangers found him first because I don't think they wanted that. And it was kind of interesting, like, this is the second time the orcs are coming to attack Ranger Alamo. Like you didn't bring out the heavy artillery yet. You're still kind of probing. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't learn from the first attack. These Rangers aren't going to give up easy. So it's funny that they just tried the same thing again. Um, but the most interesting thing they find is this staff. It's made of dark wood. It's abnormally heavy. It's got the head of a dragon on top, super intricate detail. And what Talker notes, what I think is the most interesting, well, actually, this isn't the most interesting part. The eyes were glittering with dark destruction. So there's some kind of magical thing going on with the staff, right? And here's the most interesting thing, actually. Talker saw hidden worlds or, or worlds and hidden rooms inside the details of the staff. And Talker thinks some part of his mind goes, you know what, that, that actually doesn't make sense. And I think this is his psionics kind of interacting with the staff. Mm. And I think there might even be, there's several weapons in D&D that are famous and some, of course, that are homebrewed. But some, some weapons have like a soul inside them that wants a certain thing like destruction or followers or like to forward the, you know, idea of a certain deity or something like that. So I think... I don't think this is just a weapon for PFC Kennedy that he later uses. I think there's something like malevolent about this staff that'll kind of affect Kennedy later. Hmm. Uh, Also, there's a pouch of strange coins. Talker really likes that because there's economics and capitalism and they have human, human faces uh, stamped into them. So he's very comforted by the fact that there's still (laughs) this element of capitalism. Humans are buying and exchanging things. Um, so that's right. Oh, and another thing, this wizard, he's kind of remembering seemed human and they haven't seen any other humans, but we have a human caster here participating with the orcs, which, you know, whatever, maybe he's just an evil dude. Um, and he starts to think, well, the doppelganger was kind of human too. And so he, but he's like, but he wasn't all the way human. Like there were those mandible claws that were opening and closing. Good thing the wizard didn't have any claws. He checked that. Um, let's get into doppelgangers a little bit because those are really interesting. Um, the doppelganger in D&D, it can read surface level thoughts. 
And I don't really exactly know what that means, but it can, it can hear you think a little bit in some way. Um, and what I was thinking was this doppelganger saw the Rangers come up and he was ready for like an ambush. Like this thing wasn't magically casted as a, as a counter to Thor rushing the wizard. This dude was already there and he was waiting to be able to plan his little doppelganger trick and get in and disrupt the Rangers. So would he be like a bodyguard for the wizard? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I think he was with the wizard. Um, and so as soon as Thor left, he was like, Oh, I already know what he sounds like. Cause I heard his thoughts and I'm going to transform into him super quick. Bam. And uh, I think that's kind of why the doppelganger wasn't able to really nail Thor's look. Like he kind of looked like it. Yeah. But, uh, and the voice was dead on for Thor. Uh, so that's why I think the doppelganger was there like the whole time, just watching these dudes, uh, maybe behind a tree because they, they couldn't see him or something. I don't know. Do, do doppelgangers have any sort of, um, like psionic abilities or psychic powers? Because I remember in the previous chapter when Tucker experienced the doppelganger, he was actually like somewhat frozen. And I'm, I'm not sure if that was because of the sorcerer, not sorcerer, wizard, or the doppelganger. Mm, I don't know, but it does say that they're able to... Oh, oh, like when Tucker got overwhelmed with that, like, crazy... Yeah, uh, yeah maybe that could have been effect, an effect from um, the, the doppelganger being able to read thoughts. I'm going to read I'm gonna read this. This is from uh, Roll20. Um, the doppelganger magically reads the surface thoughts of one creature... The effect can penetrate, okay, it can penetrate barriers and blah, blah, blah. So um, the doppelganger has to concentrate on this. Like he can't really do anything else while he's doing it. And um, it's able to read the thoughts. I'm assuming also like we kind of think in our own voice sometimes. Maybe he was able to pick up the voice from the surface level thoughts. Maybe that was the doppelganger's like surface reading ability kind of affecting everyone. But talkers particularly sensitive to it. So uh, he couldn't really be battle effective at that point. Yeah. That is my rant on doppelgangers. Um, so that's interesting. That kind of, when I, I didn't, I didn't know this until I read about doppelgangers and it kind of changed my whole sort of visualization of how I imagined that battle going down. Like there was actually an enemy not super close by, but close enough to uh, within 60 feet is the mind reading ability. And so he was kind of close and just waiting there and like listening to them, which is kind of adds like kind of a creepier element to that battle, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, the dead caster didn't have claws like the doppelganger. So we know he's at least humanoid, uh, but there was a ring on him. And Tucker breaks his freaking finger, breaks the wizard's finger, you know, getting it off. Also abnormally heavy, very, very dense somehow, maybe magic. Maybe it's like forged in some kind of magical thing. I don't know, but it's, it's definitely very strange. And we learn later what it does. Um, so after all that, the Rangers or the Reapers, the Reaper team, they take a different route back to 
exfil from their location so they're not ambushed. Um, when they're waiting on the opposite side of the river, they hear the orcs push real hard on the island. They're tripping the mines, but they do not relent. And I'm like, man, it can can you demoralize these guys? Like, this is the second wave. These dudes see their buddies' bodies freaking everywhere, and they're and they're blowing up in front of them, and they're still like, yeah, let's go. Let's go get some. Dude, yeah, and you just got to think, each one of them just has this mindset of numbers. Like, we'll yeah. eventually just wear them down. Yeah. It's almost like a hive mind sort of mentality, like like a bunch of ants, you know? Ants yeah. ants don't care when they die. They just, like, overwhelm an area, right? Like my freaking trash can this morning. <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of The Simpsons, but did you ever see that episode where Homer, <laughs> where Homer was a boxer? No. So his whole strategy was he would just get hit all the time and hit and hit and hit until the other guy got so tired that they would fall over. And it kind of reminds oh, yeah. me just like, we're going to keep getting hitting until the other guy just dies. I mean, that, that seems to be what they're doing here. <laughs> uh, um, so they hear mortars rain down. They hear the two forties talking. They're on the opposite side of the bank and they're like, you know what? We can't, we can't cross it yet. The battle is still in its like fever pitched time um there they they push back that attack and uh i'm assuming this heavy attack is when um they got they lost two rangers uh at around zero 200 mm-hmm. um then there's one last little little push and it seems like the orcs weren't really into it um and the rangers push them back and the reapers are like now's our time Poncho rafts. Let's get across. Um, however, something interesting happens. Brum sees something, a rider in all black. He is walking next to his horse uh, in the pre-dawn light. And he's met by rangers that just got out of this crazy firefight. And they're just barking at him like, <laughs> but they're probably holding their fire because this dude's human looking, you know? Yeah. And he's using, he has his hands up and he's using the old or the original countersign to, you know, like in world war two, it was like flash thunder. So he's using that call sign to identify himself as friendly. Mm -hmm. And that blew my mind. I was like, Oh my God. I totally forgot at this point reading that there, that seals even went in before them. I totally forgot. So when I first read this chapter, I was thinking of uh, the weird series and what was yeah. that? the dark wander. Oh my gosh. I was like, yes, the dark wander ended up in forgotten ruin. I, this is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's awesome. Jake. That's what I'm talking about. I love side side rant. The weird series was freaking good. Yes. And- I, I'm always secretly waiting for more books to come out. You actually brought me into this amazing galaxy or universe through the weird series. I started with that and no one took that. And then it just took off. I'm like, I remember I, that. I, I can't stop. We that that was that was when we first started talking about everything. Yeah. And then we found Galaxy's Edge and then we found Forgotten Ruin. And I'm so glad we're buds on this. Buds forever. Buds forever battles uh 
ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this transmission. Our next episode, we meet the seal McCluskey. Some seal who, spoiler alert, went big with Team Evil. We learn a lot about the ruin in the next episode. You don't want to miss it. We get a little bit of world building action, which I love in this book. We learn about so much. You can't miss out on our next episode. You can't. All three of you that listen. (laughs) All right. All right. Max and Jake signing out. See you adventurers later.